yo, yo, it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Boy, do I have a treat for you today. It was uh, during this past year that we got to see this ball of fire on stage. This woman is a true overcomer, and she's helping businesses to overcome as a business coach, a presenter, and just so much more. She is the kind of energy that you experience at Journey. When you go to Journey and we say that we put the fun in functional fitness, well, she's figured out how to put the fun in business and make people successful at the same time. Angela Cote, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. That was an awesome introduction. That was really fun. I. I love that you said that. And I know that when we first met and anytime we've talked, we share that energy. So it's it's right back at you, Travis. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was just, you know, we've gone to these franchise conferences since uh, Journey became a franchise. And to be honest, uh, quite often we're kind of bored in those sessions, but not in yours. Yours was amazing. And we were like, that's our kind of girl right there. So super <laughs> exciting. Um, yeah. So, you know, I wanted to kind of cover your story because you grew up in franchising. So if you could, uh, could you share a little bit of uh, your story with our audience? Yeah, sure. So I, people always ask how I got my start in franchising. And I always say I, I really didn't have a choice. My dad started a franchise company when I was five. And over the years, we grew to almost 500 locations. So you can imagine I learned a lot in, in those years. I, I did everything from dressing up as a, as a kebab uh, at grand openings, they called me Kelly Kebab. That's my my avatar um, or my my AKA. But uh, I would walk around at these grand openings and 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 just you know hand out free samples to to the kids and things. Um, but you know, and as funny as all that sounds, it was it's quite interesting when you look back at what I was absorbing and learning. You know, being at the kitchen table and seeing what my parents were going through, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. So I, I had that, that was such a blessing to, to go through that. Um, and then I uh, spent some time just to kind of continue the story a little bit. When I got, uh, when I got a little older and was, was uh, getting more into the professional world of things, going from Kelly Kebab to going out into the field and working with franchisees. And you can only imagine, you just mentioned boss's daughter. So I was, you know, this 20 year old female boss's daughter and Im imagine that you had just invested, you know, $400,000, probably your life savings into this business. And the person that shows up to you is this, this, you know, young female boss's daughter. So I learned, let me just say a lot about what works when it comes to building trust with franchisees and, and really supporting them for success. So, I mean, it, it definitely didn't, uh, it didn't come easy. I got put through the ringer, but I, I learned a lot because of that. Um, and we can, we can maybe dive a little deeper into that if you want. Um, but then um, from there, I did that for a few years and then went on to become a franchisee. So um, we, were, we were expanding to Vancouver Island uh, with the company and we were at about 275 stores at the time. We had waited to go uh, over to the island because it was the last market in Canada and it required uh, you know, some things that need to be figured out. And 
the demographics didn't look quite right. So um, my dad was like, well, why don't you go, <laughs> you go over there and take the risk. And I thought, I thought he meant um, that we were going to open the stores corporately over there and then potentially later sell them as franchises. But he, he was like, nope, you know, I think you should go over, you know, you know, you live and breathe M&M. The, the family business was called M&M Food Market. Um, he said, you live and breathe M&M. And um, if anyone can do it, it's a tough market, but you should be able to do it. So away I went and uh, I became a, a three, a multi-store operator for for 18 years. Um, and then uh, now using the, the expertise that I and things I learned over the years, good, bad and otherwise, that taught me um, how to help franchisors be more successful. So I, that was a very long winded answer, but I thought I'd just kind of give you my story in a nutshell and then we can, we can go wherever you want next with it. No, that, that's a great story. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are either in business as leaders or in business as franchisees, franchisors, entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. And so I, I do want to dive deeper into how you went into a risky place and then it evolved into a multi-unit ownership. I think that's awesome. Uh, but first, I am a little bit more curious about your dad's business. So uh, Eminem and uh, you were Kelly Kebab. Uh, now, by kebab, I'm, I'm kind of picturing like a like almost like a shish kebab or something like that. But like, what, what yes. was kebab? Am I right? It was a kebab like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that piqued your interest. Um, so <laughs> the the business, it, it well, this is maybe a good story for for you know all these entrepreneurs that are in your audience. It was back in 1980 when when women were were going into the workforce more than ever and busy families needed you know quality meals to put on the table and this was at a time when we didn't have things like Grubhub and um not not even Costco and and like quality frozen food and so my dad uh researched and found ways to get a hold of uh frozen food that was high quality that restaurants were actually often using and uh and and so we could we should sell this over a retail counter um, but we're gonna need it. We're gonna need a retail counter because nobody's gonna understand what this is. Back then, frozen food was like tasted like cardboard. You know what you could get at the grocery store, and so he really saw a, a gap in the market, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to, where you see that gap in the market, and and he said we got to figure out how to fill that gap. And so you know, over the years, we sold about 350 different products, um, everything from like a, a prepared. Uh, tray of cabbage rolls to uh, desserts and, and I guess appetizers and, and high quality steaks and things. Um, but uh, it was really about filling filling a need and grew to almost 500 locations across Canada. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you see the need and you fill it. You see the problem and you solve it. That's what leadership, that's what business is all about. And, you know, I consider franchising like the ultimate in entrepreneurship, right? You know, because sometimes people start a business and they're like, eh, it's a business, but is it really? I mean, is it just a glorified job? Because, you know, you're the one that's doing all the work and it would close if you weren't there. So like, that's not really a business. But but then when you get into franchising, you really have to test whether your business is a business because can you sell your system, yeah. your model to someone else and have them run it and have it give them a successful life or a rewarding um you know, type of economic life, you know? So, um, yeah, it's like a test. It's like yeah. a test, right? Like if you did this and you did it really well, but what happens if you try to replicate that? And, um, you know, we were really big on, on community involvement, which I think is, I believe is, is 
it should be at the heart of why you choose the franchise model as a franchisor, like in your position, like when you look at your business and you're trying to expand, does it help to have local owners who are going to go out and build build relationships and things? And uh, and so like being able to figure how do you, you know, how do you scale that? Because, you know, it, it, it's, it's not just paying money to marketing. It's, it's that whole how you got successful. So when you pull yourself out and you tell someone else, go do the things I did, is that going to work? So it's like a test, I think of it. Yeah. And you had been coaching people for a while, right? You know, you're going out in the field and you're, you're meeting other franchisees and you're trying to be a support to them and their systems. And then you're unsure about a certain market on Vancouver Island. And then it's like, okay, that's the one for you to go be a franchisee at. And (laughs) I mean, it worked out in the end, but um, why did it work out? Right. Like that, that's the lesson in, in the, business entrepreneurship i mean was it because you ran the systems better than anyone else was it because you connected in the community better than anyone else like what did you what mm. do you attribute your success to i would attribute it to it really going back to getting out into the community and, and and overcoming any fear of that and also um being able to um build a team that you trust you know um like learning the leadership skills that we needed to, to have to be able to um, walk away from our store. And actually probably, probably what helped the scaling the most was um, in, in the success was in the first year of business, my husband and I were engaged. And so we opened our first store in March and we, our wedding was planned for September. So we worked every day in that store up until when we left to go, we had to go, we, flew back home to Ontario for, for our wedding. And so we had to get the store ready for us to not be there. So we had to empower our staff and, and be okay with letting them, you know, make decisions and, and maybe screw up and being okay with that. So I'd say that forcing us to do that early on probably was a big thing because then we knew, okay, we've got, it's all about the people in the stores. And then that having the right people enabled us to get out there and build connections. And I think at the end of the day, being a business owner, whether you're a franchisee or, or a franchisor or an independent business owner or whatever it is, it it really just takes a lot of grit. You've got to just go out and do it. That's what I would say. Now there's, there's, Oh no, I was just going to say, I was just going to say there's a picture Oh, go ahead. You go. You go. <laughs> We're having too much fun. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> that energy again. No, I, you know, I got three things from what you just said, and I just wanted to kind of underscore them or highlight them if we could. Um, you know, one, of course, you know, your connection with community. I, you know, I, I consider you to be a natural connector. People are attracted to your magnetism, but, um, you know, just kind of getting out there in the community can't be understated, right? You know, your, your network is your net worth. Um, there's a great book by Michael McCallowitz called Clockwork, and it actually empowers the entrepreneur to set themselves up to take a month off. But like at first, they kind of take a little time out of the office and then come back and see what didn't work without them. And then they take more time out of the office and come back and see what didn't work without them. It's kind of like this stage thing. So you were setting your business up to be a business, which is what we just said, it runs without you because it had to be because how am I going to go get married if these people can't do it you know, yeah. without me, right? You know, so that was really cool. We, yeah. And we learned so much. We, one of the things we learned, the person that we were sort of earmarking as the manager who we sort of, we, we called her like an interim manager while we were gone. Cause we weren't really ready for a manager at that point, but 
she was not the one that actually stepped up when there was a crisis. So this is a frozen food store and the freezers need to stay at, you know, the, the low temperatures. I always say minus 20, whether that's Celsius or Fahrenheit, <laughs> it's cold. Um, but if it got warm in the middle of the night or during the day, if our self-serve freezer went down, it had to be dealt with. Well, that happened when we were away. And the person that stepped up was actually not the person. It was a younger person who was sort of more of that quiet confidence. She stepped up and handled everything. And so it was it was just such a lesson in that things are not always what you think and that that, that test had to happen. If we hadn't had that test, we wouldn't have known that. We ended up we ended up promoting that person to be our manager when we were ready. Yeah. So sometimes your best perspective on what's going on in your business comes when you step away and you see who steps up when you step away, right? Uh, that's a that, and that's it's something. a little scary. It's scary, but it had to happen. I tell I tell our clients that all the time. I tell franchisors and franchisees like the best thing you can do is see what happens when you step away and see who steps up and who handles and, and what mistakes get made like i love the clockwork book i haven't actually read that i've heard of it but that that sounds like a book that would be good to read i love that that idea of little bits and then working towards the whole month yeah so cool. when you were uh, maybe just to go back a little bit further in the backtracking um you know you touched on a little bit about learning the importance of building trust but you know, uh, you're coming out to these sites to support these franchisees. And I don't know if some of that was still going on in your life as you became a franchisee. But uh, either way, you know, there's sometimes uh, different perceptions. Uh, you know, you already have your challenges when you're a woman. Maybe maybe there's a man that doesn't want to take advice from you because they're stupid. I don't know. But, you know, maybe, maybe that's what's going on. And then maybe they're also looking at you because you're young and you're like, what could you know? You know, so... Um, there could be some listeners. Listen up, Overcomer Nation. You know, there's ways to overcome that type of stuff, the stigmas that we may be uh, having to deal with, the crosses that we have to bear. What did you do? What were your strategies to kind of overcome that perception, that prejudice? Yeah, well, my, my dad always emphasized, I'm doing air quotes for anybody that's just listening and not watching, that as the female boss's daughter, especially the boss's daughter, I had targets on my back. And he emphasized, which felt more like a threat, that I would need to work twice as hard. So I guess he gave me a little hint that I, I took to heart. So one of the things that I think that helped overcome that and, and build that trust was that I was willing to work hard. Um, I, and again, like, I don't think I had a choice. My dad made it like, people are watching you, you know, you, you know, you want to build credibility, you're gonna have to work extra hard. So I would say one of the things was being willing to, to really put in the work. And what I mean by that is just to get ground granular. If I was working with a franchisee, and their freezer temperatures went up, like I talked about earlier, and there was a problem where we had to stay until the wee hours of the night, um, because we were waiting on the freezer um, technician to come in and fix it, I would sit there and stay with them. And I would, even though we were both going to get to bed really late and have to be there first thing in the morning, I wanted to show them like, I'm here with you to help you. And, and I'm, I want to just want you to know, like, I, I'm not, I'm not authoritative. I'm here to, you know, be your partner in this. And another thing is, I would say being vulnerable and, and, and probably a lot of people, this is a bit of a buzzword these days, but I think I was probably um, just naturally admitting, you know, that I don't know everything and, and I'm open to you teaching me. I'm going to come in with 
a lot of ex- experience and expertise around, you know, like how to run the operation of this store, including, you know, how, what's in the products, how to sell the products, how to train your staff and all these things. But you're the one that's invested this money and, and, and is taking this risk. And I need you to teach me about the challenges that you're feeling so that I can help you with that. So it's about admitting, I think a lot of the time, that vulnerability of admitting, I don't maybe know everything. Really good. Are you there still? Oh, oh I am. Sorry, my, my Zoom. Uh, okay. I'm here. No, really good. Really good. Um, you know, what I wanted to say to that is, uh, you know, John Maxwell talks about the five levels of leadership. And, you know, one of those levels that you're talking about is showing the way to go the way, right? Like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to earn your trust and I'm going to earn your respect because I'm not just going to tell you what to do. I'm going to say, you know, let's go, you know, hip to hip, you know, shoulder to shoulder. We're going to do this together. So uh, really great form of leadership and also servant leadership, right? I mean, you know, you can sit on your your uh, throne and say, oh, it looks like you're going to have to stay late or you can come down off that throne and you can say, I- I'm in this with you. You know, here we go. We're in this foxhole together. So uh Really awesome. Yeah, I'm sure that that earns you a lot of respect and overcomes uh, certain stigmas that you may have had to deal with. So as a franchisee, uh-oh, I, did I lose your, you may have muted, your phone might have muted there. It says mute on there. Oh, that's so yep. weird. Okay, we're back. Oh, okay. because of my flicker on my screen, but we're overcoming the Zoom challenges. Are we good? Yeah, we are. That's another overcomer. Okay. <laughs> Man, we're, we're good at overcoming. I really had a different title for this show, but yeah, overcoming Zoom challenges. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we got this, Travis. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you go. You ask me questions and I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to not use the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, because you've since evolved from being the franchisee. And, you know, so I want to know, I want to know about that evolution. You know, I want to know if you were happy as a franchisee. I want to know, you know, your turning point and, and, you know, what's led you to where you are Mm. today. So, you know, you can pick from that any part where you want to. Okay. You know? Yeah. Well, I hope that this inspires people to, uh, to, to have the confidence and maybe empowers them to make change in their lives when you hear this. So I, so I became a franchisee. It was not my career path or my plan. Like, as I mentioned earlier, it was my dad saying, we're ready to do this. You might might want to go do this. Um, and me saying, well, Vancouver Island's a beautiful place. And <laughs> and I'm about to get married and probably start to start a family. So it, it made sense based on the lifestyle I was looking for at that time. But I had gone to school for business and I'd, I'd always been more of a high achiever. And in my mind, it was almost like a lateral move to become a franchisee, but it accommodated a lifestyle. So once, once we opened our third store and decided to have kids, I eventually ended up stepping back from the business and, and being more at home with the kids. And my husband started running the stores. And so over time, I was, once my kids got a bit older, I was finding myself quite restless. Like this wasn't the path that I'd pictured for myself. Not that I had a very defined path, but it was it was a. Uh, it was probably of a, a more. Uh, it didn't feel like a growth path. It felt like a just like going along, and so I started to um, go networking in my local community and go out and meet people and talk to people, thinking I got to figure out a next step. But Travis, I kid you not, I was like 
you wouldn't believe the difference between like this, who you're seeing now is, is who I am and how I've usually always been. But at this point in my life, I was like shoulders down, you know, insecure about things. I was insecure about the fact that I was a, um, uh, just a mom and putting air quotes around that. Cause I know it's, I shouldn't say it like that, but I felt that way. I blame just a mom and I, I'm just the franchisee of a business. My dad started that doesn't like look like a, um, it didn't have that. I didn't think it gave me credibility. And so I was actually trying to, when I was networking, I was trying to figure out what, what skills I had and what, like, I really didn't know I'd lost touch with all of that I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate you can probably relate with your backstory like whoa you know what am I going to do now and um, so in networking I was actually trying to get away from retail I was trying to get away from franchising and I was I was I was hiding my my M&M story because I, I thought that it just, just diminished my credibility but it would eventually slip out because people were like, well, what have you been doing? You know, and I'd say, well, I'm a franchisee of M&M food market. And they're like, wait, you, so you must know about franchising. And then the next thing you know, they'd ask me a question that surfaced the fact that my dad was the founder of the company. And in Canada, it became an iconic Canadian brand and everybody knew what M&M was. So as soon as someone would hear that, that was at all thinking about franchising that, Oh, would you mind meeting with me for coffee? I'd love to tap into your expertise. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I don't, and I honestly, Travis didn't know what I knew. I didn't know what I was going to, how, how could I help these people? My insecurity was so at the forefront. And so over time, I, well, one of the turning points for me was that it hit me that I could hire a career coach to help me sort this out. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it, I, I spent 1700 bucks to do it. And that person charges like 80 times that now because she was new uh, and she was amazing. But I remember thinking that that was like a huge amount of money to spend on something that I wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be. Anyway, it ended up being the best $1,700 I ever spent because it helped me get clarity. You know me, I'm all, you, you and I both believe in coaching, obviously. And it helped me get clarity on what my skills were. And this is what I really recommend anybody that's listening, that's feeling in a rut. She had me do things like go out to my network, go out to past people that I'd worked with in the past, uh, even family members, but also like people that I'd maybe done a volunteer thing with and ask them, what do you see as my top like five skills and traits? Mm-hmm. And so I, so that boosted my confidence to get out of the rut And then also the clarity on everyone kept saying, well, you know about franchising, you should go help people with what you know. So that's how I landed, like got out of that. I mean, not that I was unhappy as a franchisee, but for me, having grown up with the brand, having taught others about it, the challenges weren't like, weren't as stimulating for me. And so once I started to get restless, I'm so thankful for the experience. And now I I leverage the heck out of my background. you know, to build my business and to teach others. And I'm, I'm, I I couldn't be happier with the path I'm on. I feel like I have been able to take the legacy of, of M&M and bring it out to the world in a different way. And again, I don't mean to sound overly confident here. Um, I was, it took, and it's not easy, like it's not easy every day, but I just really, I'm on the right path now. So I hope that people are listening and going, if you're not on the right path, you can get on the right path. And one thing 
one very granular, as you know me, key takeaway I hope people are taking is that go to your network thing. That was a good one. And, and asking like, what are some things that I can, or what do you see me as doing and what are my skills and things? So that is yeah, that was a, my way. Such a beautiful story. Such a beautiful story. Um, you know, I'm going to give a quote from a book that I recently read. It was by Robin Sharma and it was Everyday Hero. And uh, he was talking about in the book how we can't become who we're meant to be without leaving behind who we once were. And, uh, you know, you talk about the girl with the slumped shoulders, right? And the insecurities. And what was that girl missing? That girl was missing her identity. It's almost like one of those yeah. fables where the superhero does not yet know about their superpowers. And then when they suddenly recognize mm -hmm. that they have these superpowers, they can step into this identity. Uh, in that book, it also talks about 13 traits of the greats. And it's talking about how these people just have a mm -hmm. absolute belief in themselves, a full hearted belief in themselves. And, and when you can get to that kind of belief, you can get to that kind of success and, and you can bring other success because you understand your importance on this earth. And you know, Overcomer Nation, this is for everybody listening. Right in the whole history of the human empire, there's only ever been one you created with your special gifts, talents, experiences, powers, all those things. Exactly. It's so important, you know. So important to recognize your greatness. Exactly. Yeah, really cool, really awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh my gosh, Travis, you just you just gave me a chill. By the way, I just wanted to say, like, I got like goosebumps from uh -huh. what you just said. So that was that was really awesome. Like, just because it is. I just want to really highlight like everybody has superpowers. It's just, you have to know what they are and you're, I love what you said about your importance. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if you ever he listened to Marie Forleo, but she has a line um, that uh, something about you, giving the world the gift that only you have, like getting yeah. clear on what that is and giving that gift. I butchered that a little bit, but. <laughs> no, but that's so good. That's what you did. I mean, you got clear on it. You went to your network, you, you ask the people that were closest to you to tell you a little bit about yourself. And, you know, like, I, you know, I, I did a cool exercise. I always do a roadmap each year. But uh, the one exercise was to say how you think that certain people would describe you, your spouse, you know, your, maybe your yeah. close. And then ask them for those few key words and see if they're in alignment because uh, they may oh, not be describing you. I like how that. You them too. But you can learn a lot from the people that are closest to you because they, they may tell you some things about yourself. They may be great to hear. They may be hard to hear, but at least they can uh, challenge you to go in the direction that you want to go, you know? So that's really good. Um, so that was a bit of a turning point for you. Obviously a big turning point, right? You know, and, um, yeah. and, and take us to the path of how we end up where we are today to, you know, AC Inc. You know, I mean, that must've uh, been a bit of an evolution from kind of discovering your superpowers mm -hmm. and, and owning it and not, uh, shying away from uh, this past experience, but just saying, yeah, this is part of who I am. And actually it makes me pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, so, so then you yeah. went, this is your saying, you tell people go be awesome. So you went and we're awesome. Yep. <laughs> you know, so yeah. <laughs> how did you do that? You know, how did you uh, take your next yeah. step? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, I, so around this time, around this that we were just talking about about seven years ago or six years ago. So I, 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 thought, okay, I went and got a business card and said I was a franchise consultant, which has totally changed because that meant, I didn't realize that people would think I was a broker if I called myself that. But yeah, I got my business card and I went off to like the Canadian Franchise Association convention. And then I started getting hearing about these conferences also in, in the US. 
Um, and so I started going around and, and just, just, I mean, I had to, you, I think you've seen, I'm not in my usual office right now, but I have a canvas of a picture of a goldfish with a shark fin on it, like the goldfish swimming along, but you would just see the shark fin. And that's how I felt. Um, but I just kept, you know, talking to people and, and doing some, doing some sweat equity just to get some experience. And so as we were, as I was going along though, I realized this is way harder than I thought. And I'm, I'm lucky because I do have a real can do attitude and, you know, I have a core value of action equals growth. Just go out there and do it. You'll figure it out by, by trying, you'll learn what works, what doesn't. But after a couple of years, I was like, okay, I, I think it's because I didn't realize that like I wasn't just going to do this little side hustle. I was turning this into a business and I wanted to really go all in. And it was, it, it turned out to be harder than I thought. So I, I got off, offered a job um, by a great company um, based in Chicago and, and I could re- work remotely and do the same kind of work, but have the backing of a team. So I actually took that job and I did that for about 15 months, but I never felt like a fit. And it's, it's a great company. It's nothing against them, but I, there, something wasn't right. That was like a tough 15 months for me working for someone else. You know, it was, it, it always just, it felt uncomfortable. They were, again, great people. But I eventually recognized that. And what kind of happened was there, there were people in franchising in the franchise community that were saying, I don't, I think you should be building your own brand and all this. So I got, got a little bit of, you know, that, that I believe in, you know, really um, leveraging those people that believe in us and talking to them more and going, okay, well, like, how, how do I do this? And so I relaunched the company at the end of 2019. Uh, by myself. And um, I don't know if it's because I had all this experience under my belt now, and I had built up relationships from all this networking, but things have really taken off. We grew um, from just really me at the end of 2019 on my own to a team of nine. Um, And uh, we've, we've really honed in on um, our, our biggest area of focus is is franchisee franchisor relationships because when this goes back to the superpower conversation, when I first started AC Inc, I was like, okay, so what is it that I, okay, actually going back to M&M, what were we good at as a company? Why did we get to almost 500 locations and most franchisors don't? What did we do? And I know it was all about the relationships and the people and the way that my dad led, you know, from top down. And so um, that's what we're on, on a mission. We, we teach people a lot about is, is that infrastructure to um, properly support franchisees so that you get more franchisees. Because when your franchisees are happy and profitable and you're aligned, then they become your biggest ambassadors. So it's a real focus for us. But when I started that, even I realized that if I don't help people get the right franchisees, then you can never help the franchisees be successful. So, you know, that's where the company has landed that we, our main focus is franchisee profitability and engagement. But if we need to get the right franchisees, we work with franchisors on that. So okay. yeah, that's where we're at today. No, <laughs> and, you know, it goes all the way back. You know, you're helping people today to build great relationships. And then that way they can have more franchisees because if they get it right, <laughs> you know, it's like being a good friend. If you're a good friend, you'll have more friends, right? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, the, the interesting thing is you learned that way back when you had to overcome like a stigma, like who's this boss's daughter coming at me? You learned how to build relationships back then and now you're teaching other people how to build relationships. Yeah. So, 
you know, again, it's about that identity, that superpower that you have, and then sharing it with others. Um, so if you had a few top lessons, I'm imagining that relationships is one of them, but if you had a few top lessons to share with, you know, business owners or, uh, franchisees, franchisors, whoever it may be, um, what would be those top lessons for success? I, I like this one. Action equals growth. That's, uh, you know, right. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, I guess, uh, one, a quick way to answer, I've got a couple different things I'll say here, but people, if they want to go check out, if I'm allowed to mention my website, of course, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, if they go, and this is intended as an inspiration, if you go look at our core values, those are some of the lessons right there. Actually, I didn't even think of that when you just said action equals growth. That is one of our company core values. So our website, which is Angela Cote, which is C-O-T-E dot com. Um, we have our core values. So we have things like, uh, actually, uh, sorry, um, we get more done when we're having fun is on there. That is a true core value for us. So, so those are there, but one thing I want to mention, cause I think it really relates to the, uh, the overcomer theme, you know, the adversity theme. When I, when I first started this business, I had a lot of older men, I'll use, I'll just say men. And I'm not, I'm not raw, raw women. I mean, I believe, I believe in men and women being very important to the balance of business. But I, but I was, you know, going around to these franchise conferences. I was, uh, you know, in Philadelphia and San Diego and all these big conferences. And I found that there were these men that traditional, you know, kind of more old school that would say to me, well, you're never going to be able to make money doing that because people won't be able to pay you or they won't want to pay you for that kind of like to help them with relationships or um, or you should, you should write, you're going to have to write up operations manuals if you're going to do this. I'm like, do I seem like the kind of person that would be good at sitting down and writing the operations manuals? Um, they also said, you know, you probably do better in sales. You should do franchise sales. Mm -hmm. And while those things might've been a fit or they might've been right. I, here's the, the lesson that goes back to the overcomers is I had to trust my gut. I had to put some blinders on and trust my gut. Now, I think that some people, you got to be careful, like, you know, when you trust your gut, I think you got to check, look for some actual evidence that you're on a good track. Like, are there people that do believe in what you're doing? And, and is there some evidence? Because if you just airy fairy trust your gut, that could be, you know, it might not work out. But for me, it was, it was putting blinders on and, and then, oh, and then, yeah, so when somebody would say, I really like what you're doing, especially if they had some sort of status in franchising, I'm like, can we talk more? I want to know why you say that. Like, what are you seeing? You know, and so really gravitating towards people that believe in you and trying to kind of shut out the people, like, not that you don't want constructive feedback, but don't let those little vo those voices get in your head. Cause it, and then that would also lead to the mindset. Like what, mindset is everything is one of our core values. If your mindset starts to go off, I know you know this. I've heard you talk about this on your other podcast uh, interviews. Like mindset is everything. I had to really manage my mindset. So those are a few things that I, I think helped me overcome the challenges that I had at the beginning and, and lessons that I've learned that I still tap into all the time. Yeah, you know, that goes back to, you know, putting the blinders on, right? You know, ignoring the naysayers, having that foolhardy belief in yourself, understanding what your superpowers are, knowing your identity. You're like, I already know my identity. You don't, you can't change my identity yeah. if I know it. You know, I'm not going to become an operations yeah. man, writer, or, you know, whatever. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. Um, so, you know, you mentioned your website. 
what is the best way for people to get more of you, to follow you, to uh, connect with yeah, you? Yeah, thank you. Well, if, if they're looking for, if people are looking for just, you know, kind of inspiration and mindset tips and things like that, my social media is filled with that kind of content. Um, I love sharing the things that I've learned and, and sharing things that we're learning from our clients. So whether it's uh, LinkedIn or, or Instagram and Facebook, or those are the three main ones. So uh, Angela Cote Inc. So C-O-T-E is Cote. Um, but if they're actually looking for help in franchising, then certainly our website, um, just AngelaCote.com. There's a form you can go through there. Um, you know, we're just, we just believe so much in the, the franchise model is awesome. And I'm so excited for you on your journey with it. I, I really like, you know, we talked earlier about the franchisee, getting more franchisees and all that. And I, I, you know, I know you're on a mission, like you are very purpose driven, which I love. And I think that, you know, when we step back, it's not, it's not really about getting more franchisees. It's about giving more people opportunity to, to do what, it, you know, in franchising to, to take your business model and make that a lifestyle. And so we, we love helping franchisors with that and, and franchisees that are trying to figure out if they should become a franchisee. Like it's, it's a really great model as long as it's done right. And, and there's a lot of ethics behind it. It can be pretty amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we'll put uh, all those ways that you can follow Angela in the show notes. And uh, I'm excited to work with Angela. And maybe it's uh, something that has inspired you today. Uh, so if so, reach out because uh, Journey will be working with AC Inc. So uh, definitely reach out to them. And then um, any final words, Angela, for the audience? Well, I, I, I have to I just have to say, go be awesome. <laughs> That's yeah, my line. Go so. be awesome. <laughs> She's got, you know, I'll just say yeah, it. Just go be cuss awesome. On. We cuss on here sometimes. She's got a, a teammate that says, don't be shitty. And hers is go be awesome. And I just yeah. love it. I love your authenticity. Thank you. It's great. Thank well, you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah!